Good morning and welcome to this home retreat. I read recently that in December 2016, the monks of Conception Abbey, Missouri in the States, posted an article entitled Five Ways to Live Like a Monk in the World. These were the suggested five ways. Number one, cultivate silence. Number two, be faithful to daily prayer. Number three, form authentic community. Number four, make time for Lectio Divina, for holy reading. And five, practice humility. Well, all of those would provide material for uh, our home retreat and probably have done in the, in the years since March 2020 when, when these home retreats started at the time of, of lockdown. I'm going to add, because I'm sure it's been spoken about before, to the, to the first one in the conception list, cultivate silence. And it's, I think it's appropriate to do, to do that today because today is Armistice Day, uh, the 11th of, of November, uh, and so there's the, uh, the two minutes silence, uh, a hallmark of today. Uh, and perhaps more to the point, Today is also the feast of St Martin of Tours, uh, a great and key saint in the, of the 4th century for transmitting the uh, monastic tradition from the east, from Egypt, from the desert, to uh, Western Europe. And, of course, silence, as you would guess from it being at the beginning of, of, of this list, is, uh, is an important way to live like a monk. Cultivate silence. And I like that word cultivate. It's not, not just silence, but cultivate. And that shows that I think that uh, silence is something that needs care and uh, attention, um, like, uh, like a gardener um, cultivating. Cultivate silence. Because there are enemies of silence, we all know, we all know this only too, too well. Um, and I'm going to think of, of, of three enemies of, of, um, of uh, of, of uh, silence. The f well, the first two are enemies and the third one is a sort of false form of, uh, of silence. So uh, the, the first and most obvious enemy of silence is external noise. We all, we all know that, particularly if it's external um, distracting noise. I was 
recently on a on a train going down to uh, to Devon to for uh, to visit um, a monastery um, in in uh, in Devon, and uh, there were a group. In fact, they took up about a third of the carriage, or so it seemed. A group of very very lively, likely lads who came from a famous northern town to the north of York and they were obviously on uh, the beginning of a jolly to Plymouth. They were going all the way down to Plymouth, uh, further even than, uh, than I was going to. I was going to Totnes to get then to Buckfast. But uh, they were having a very, very jolly time. Um, and they were drinking quite a lot of cans of lager to um, help with their jolliness, and they were successful in 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 that aim. Uh, and so it was uh, it was quite difficult for the uh, hours of that journey to do uh, to do other things. And uh, it was a day when there were uh, all all kinds of difficulties on the. Uh, on, on the railway, there'd been, there'd been storms, there were wires, um, overhead wires da uh, down, so the number of, of trains had been dr um, dramatically reduced and th uh, that led to um, huge uh, overcrowding. And so the, there wasn't, um, although one woman valiantly tried to get them to, to uh, be quiet, but um, there wasn't much opportunity for the much uh, vaunted say it, um, see it, say it, uh, sorted uh, to, uh, to have any uh, effect. And you've, you've come to terms with, uh, with noise if, uh, of this kind, if you can at all, and um, a good pair of, um, of, of, of earphones that, that block out um, the uh, a lot of, of, of sound from from uh, outside do do come uh, highly recommended in these circumstances. But it's not just external noise that is a problem uh, with cultivating silence. I think actually a, a more difficult problem is the internal noise. It's that it, it's the constant tapes that we play to ourselves, um, which are often, uh, to be honest, well, I speak for myself, uh, quite critical uh, of others and quite negative uh, about them. And um, I, there's uh, about that and just about other things, sometimes just sort of um, more, more um, innocent things, but there's a sort of constant mental chatter our brains are wired to be uh, to be active and that can be uh, a hindrance to uh, to us calming down and to us entering into and cultivating silence and then a third uh, just a third thing and as i say this is not um, so much an obstacle as it's a witness to the fact that not all silence is good silence because we all know there can be angry silence. There can be the silence that sends uh, somebody into, uh, into internal exile. You, uh, and in families and in communities, um, we all know about the kind of angry, resentful, passive-aggressive 
kind of, of, uh, of silence. And that clearly is not what's being talked about uh, as cultivating silence as a way of uh, uh, living the uh, monastic life, the, uh, entering into the monastic tradition in, in the world. Silence is not, of course, an end in itself. Uh, it's, it's meant to lead us somewhere. And so now I, I want to move, it's really the second half of, of, uh, of this uh, talk this morning. Uh, I want to, to, to move on to, uh, to thinking um, about um, cultivating silence and, and why we might want to do this and where it, it might lead us. And uh, in particular, I'm going to, to talk about three things, uh, listening, patience and courage, because I think all, um, all of those are, are needed to, uh, to cultivate the kind of silence that uh, is spoken about um, and encouraged in the, in the monastic tradition. So the first, the first one, silence, we're silent in order to listen and especially we're to, uh, to listen, of course, to, uh, uh, to God speaking to us, but to listen to the words of, of, uh, of scripture. Um, Lectio Divina, silence leads to, which is one of the other uh, uh, Fact, uh, one of the other features, one of the uh, of of the the Missouri uh, uh, Conception Abbey list. Listen, and of course, St Benedict, fam famous for this, the beginning of the prologue to the rule. Uh, listen, my child, to the voice of the master. Listen with the ear of your heart. That's uh, so. It's it's a. Uh, um, silence is in order for us to be able to listen more deeply. Um, the, I guess there's a, perhaps the most famous scriptural passage uh, to do with this is, is that one with um, Elijah on Mount Horeb, where he's, he's fleeing from Ahab and, and, and Jezebel, and the Lord comes to speak to him, um, and there's uh, an earthquake, um, uh, there's a storm, uh, there's, there's, there's fire, and God is not in any of those things. But then God speaks to Elijah in what's usually translated as a still small voice. But an even better translation of the phrase is that what El Elijah hears is a sound of silence, and that's a sound of silence. That's something obviously quite paradoxical, a sound of silence, and that needs a deeper listening, therefore. God doesn't speak with, usually, with a physical voice. It's something that calls us to go on in, inwardly, a journey inward. And I think this 
ties up with, with other passages of Scripture, and in particular with two of the Psalms um, that come in, in the monastic office on the Tuesday and Wednesday um, of, of week one at Matins. From Psalm 36, Be still before the Lord and wait in patience. And then from Psalm 45, Be still and know that I am God. So it's, it's stillness being used, I think, some, um, somewhat synonymous with, uh, with silence. And in particular, that first psalm that I quoted, Psalm 36, be still before the Lord and wait in patience. And the deep listening to the voice of silence requires a lot of patience because you've got to go deeper than the conscious mind. And then courage. Uh, you probably know the, the story, I like it very much, of, uh, um, of the, the first Russian uh, cosmonaut, Yuri Gagarin, and that when he went um, into, into space, the first man into space, and when, uh, his, on his return to Earth, um, he, he said, I've been up into the sky and I can assure you that there is no God. And um, a, a wise um, Russian Orthodox priest commented, if you haven't found God on earth, you won't find him in the heavens. Well, by analogy, if you haven't learned to go deeper into the God that is within us, rather than listening for some external voice. If you don't go deep within and have the courage to do that, then you are not going to hear the true word of God speaking to you. There's a, a marvellous passage, passage, and I'm, I'm moving uh, now to the end of what I want to, uh, to say this morning, which comes from um, C.S. Lewis's novel *Till We Have Faces*, and it's the uh, it's the end of 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 that novel. Um, but it's um, he points to why I'm saying that this listening and um, this this going deep requires courage. C.S. Lewis sa um, says this. When the time comes to you at which you will be forced at last to utter the speech which has lain at the centre of your soul for years, which you have all that time, idiot-like, been saying over and over, you'll not talk 
about joy of words. I saw well why the gods do not speak to us openly, nor let us answer. Till that word can be dug out of us, why should they hear the babble that we think we mean? How can they meet us face to face till we have faces? So, cultivate silence. Go deeper within. Know that the word is not outside you, it lies within you. Be ready for it to be dug out of you and be courageous in that. I, I pray for you, dear friends, to have today and most days some experience of this silence, which is the truest word of God, beyond words, always deeper than words, and to have your true blessed rest in it. And may Almighty God bless you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs>